following is a production of Locked Up Sports. Everybody, this is Don LaGreca from the Michael K Show. When it comes to talking sports, Bob Walters and Brett Grasso are the authority. Can't wait. When it comes to talking sports, they're the authority. It's Bob Walters and Brett Grasso. It's Locked Up Sports, and it starts now. Bring them out, bring them out. Hey. Bring them out, bring them out. Yeah. Bring them out, bring them out. Hey. Bring them out. Here we go! From the Brian Gunzel Studios, this is Locked Up Sports. I'm Bob Walters. We got a big one for you here today. We have pink sheet handicapper from Saratoga, Sam Hollinsworth, will join us to talk about the tragedy involving Maple Leaf Nell. The Yankees start a must-have series against the Marlins in Miami after losing to the White Sox and the Mets and Braves play Tonight, that game is about as important as the Giants and Jets games in the next couple days. Welcome to the show, everybody. I'm Bob Walters. Um, like I said, we got a big show for you here today uh, with the tragedy of Maple Leaf Mel last week in the test stakes at Saratoga. Um, if you saw the video, you know what I'm talking about. If you didn't see the video, I, I, I mean, I would suggest a lot of you are going to go watch it just because you're curious and you'll see just how devastating it is. And how terrible it is that, you know, this beautiful animal would, had to be put down and, and she shattered her leg. She was a great horse. She was a great filly. She was feet from the wire of her sixth win in six races and just everything that goes along with it. A lot of people don't understand what happens, why they have to put the horse down. And Sam is going to join us and tell us everything we need to know about it. He was there. Um, he is the... The, one of the pink sheet handicappers at at Saratoga, so he's going to give us everything we need to know. I'm not a big horse racing guy, so I, I can't even speak on it, you know, really that intelligently. So we got him in here, and he's going to take care of it for us and, and explain to us everything of, about what we need to do. He's also going to give you a couple winners for tomorrow. Saratoga is on Fox now every Saturday. They have Sa- uh, Fox Saratoga Saturdays. So, also, I just noticed that I forgot to take my glasses off, so I'm going to wear them for the show. <laughs> um, let's start with the Yankees real quick. Uh, Yankees coming off of a, a bad bad series loss in Chicago. They dropped two out of three. It's, it's the same old story. Severino was terrible. No offense. Bullpen was shaky. It's the same story. I think the Yankees, are as they are teetering, right as, as they have been for a while now, right on the cusp of being out of it. Okay, they are five games back. They still haven't announced who's pitching tonight. They are going into Miami, who's a, who's a good team, an upstart young team. They're, they're in the third wild card spot. They're, they're fighting for their lives just as much as the Yankees are because that, that race is tight in the National League. And they, the Yankees just can't seem to get over the hump. I, do I expect them? They, they need to win two out of three here. They really need to sweep. But you got to come away with at least two out of three out of this Marlins series, and it's not going to be easy. Now you got Cortez tomorrow going up against Lazardo for the Marlins. Lazardo's eight and six with a three five two ERA. He's a good pitcher. He throws a hard fastball. The Yankees, oh, listen, the Yankees couldn't hit me at this point, to be honest with you. But then on the then they got Cole going on Sunday. So if you can get one of these two games either tonight or tomorrow afternoon. They should be in okay shape with Cole going on Sunday and, and then take two out of three and then take it from there. 
you got to start winning these games. You got to start winning these series if you're the Yankees. And as it leaked out earlier this week, it looks like Cashman is safe. His job is safe, regardless of what happens. Win, lose, you know, they go to the playoffs, they don't go to the playoffs. Over 500, under 500. It seems like he's going to be back next year either way. Boone doesn't seem that much. So Boone is might be fighting for his Yankee life here in these in this last month. They're like I said, they're five games back. They're still in last place. You know, I mean, we're talking playoffs and, and what they need to do to make the playoffs, but let's be real, they're a last place team. It's the toughest division in baseball. It's the tightest division in baseball. They're still a last place team. There's not many divisions where mid October or mid October, listen to me, mid mid August, you're talking about the last place team and what they need to do to make the playoffs. I mean, you're not talking about the Nationals, right? And what they need to do and how they need to start winning now with the Mets even. I mean, the Mets are home this weekend to the Braves. We pinpointed this series back about two months ago when the Mets, you know, when they still had the dreams of, of being a decent team. And we said, this is going to be a big series. Well, it turns out, like I said right there in the open, it's about as big as the as the Giants game tonight and the Jets game tomorrow. So the Mets, you know, they played the, themselves right out of it. Like I said, there's really not much to say about the Mets. There's not There's not much to say. What are you going to say? They're a bad team. They're playing out the string. They brought the kids up. They're, they're losing ball games. You know, the Mets have won two games. I believe it's two games. It might be one. The Mets have won one or two games since the trade deadline. That's where we're at with the Mets. Um, the Braves are the best team in baseball. They're coming in here. They're, they're, they're probably going to run right over the Mets. I, that's what I expect them to do, at least. But, you know, the Mets the Mets will probably take two out of three in, in this meaningless series. But around baseball, there are some big series this weekend. It's, it's going to be a good good weekend to, to sit around, watch some baseball. Big series. You got the Angels and the Astros. The Angels are a fascinating story. They blew it. Uh, they, they've fallen now seven games out of the wild card. They are all but out of it. They are playing the Astros, who are playing well. Since getting Verlander, since adding a couple extra pieces, the Astros have really picked it up, and they are now cruising, and they should make the playoffs. The Texas Rangers and the San Francisco Giants. Texas is in San Francisco for a big series. That's another big series. The Padres in Arizona against the Diamondbacks, a big series. An NL West showdown. The Padres are are right on the edge, just like kind of just like the Yankees, are falling out of it. Pro- I don't think the Padres are going to make it either, but they are. You know, you could still discuss them as being in the mix. The D-backs are right there, neck and neck with the Giants and the Dodgers for the division. And then you got the Cubs up in Toronto facing the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays are another good team, another AL East good team. The AL East could get three teams into the into the playoffs, and it looks like the Yankees. Imagine that. Imagine we said that in the beginning of the season. There'll be three teams out of the AL East in the playoffs, and the Yankees won't be one of them. That's what it's really looking like. I mean, theoretically, they could get all the teams in, but it, it, that's not going to happen. One team's going to miss it. And so there's there's good series all over baseball this weekend. And the Yankees and the Marlins, are for at least for people around here, is the marquee series. And it's, like I said, this is a must-have for the Yankees. they got to start winning these series. I don't care if you're on the road. You can't be losing to teams like Chicago. The White Sox are god-awful. And they just manhandled the Yankees. They beat them 9-2. Severino, terrible. 
There's still no word on whether Severino is going to make his next start or not. I can't imagine he will. I can't imagine. I, I don't know how you would justify that. You, there's got to be somebody else, somebody somewhere in America that's not signed or signed on the Yankees or in the Yankees minor league system can pitch a better game than Severino can four days from now or three days from now, whenever it is. Like I said, the Yankees have not announced a starter yet for tonight. They're going to have to within the next hour or so because you have to put the lineups out by, I believe, 5 o'clock for the betting community. And they're going to have Cortez tomorrow, biggest start that he's made for the Yankees in this year at least. And then you got Cole going Sunday. So steal one, steal tonight, steal tomorrow, and then you should be in good shape and take two out of three because you gotta, you got to expect Cole come out and do what he does and get and get a win for you but we'll see the Marlins again the Marlins are a good team do not take the Marlins lightly they are a good young team they've been playing well they are a surprise team they are right now if the season ended today the third wild card team so we'll see the they're a better team than the Yankees let's just be real about it uh if you're into this sort of thing preseason football I know a lot of you are I'm not I I I won't watch it. I, I, I just won't watch any any preseason football. I probably won't watch until I might catch you know a couple of series here and there of the Giants or the Jets, but that's about it. The Giants tonight in in uh, the Giants are in Detroit tonight, seven o'clock. First preseason game. You're not you're not going to see much out of out of this team. You might get a, a series out of Daniel Jones. You probably won't see Saquon Barkley. You know, they, watch it if you want. I'll be watching the baseball. I'll be at work actually, but um. And then tomorrow night, I guess this would be watchable because uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to take his first snaps, his first live action snaps in a game situation for the Jets. Tomorrow in Carolina, 4 o'clock. It's weird that they, it's still weird to me. They did it last year, but it's still weird to me that the NFL plays um, preseason games on Sundays. They, they've never done, they never did that. I, I haven't seen anything about it as to why it's being done or anything like that, but they never played preseason games on like Sunday at one o'clock or Sunday at four o'clock. And now they have it. It's weird to me. It, preseason was always like Tuesday night, Friday night, Wednesday night, like a, a weekday or a Friday night, you know, seven or eight o'clock start. That's when preseason was always that I at least, at least remember it when I back when I used to watch it. <laughs> I actually went to a couple of preseason games. They're, they're, oh, they, they are something else. They are bad, bad product. But like I said, football is king in this country, so I know a lot of people will be watching it, so I'm going to mention it. And, and the Aaron Rodgers thing, taking his first snaps, I guess that's noteworthy. He's not, you're not going to see him long. I'd be surprised if he played anything more than two series. He'll get the ball twice. They will be ultra careful with him because, God forbid, you know, you screwed this up in the preseason. God forbid. I did. The Jets fans will, will be picketing the Meadowlands on, on tomorrow night, well, Sunday, uh, Monday morning. So the Jets, 4 o'clock tomorrow in Carolina. Giants tonight, 7 o'clock in Detroit. In Detroit, yeah, in Detroit. Uh, Hard Knocks, I haven't watched Hard Knocks yet. I do plan on watching Hard Knocks. I'm going to talk about it, uh, I believe, Tuesday or Wednesday, whenever uh, we do the show with Mark. Uh, we're going to discuss Hard Knocks. I know it's out already. I know a lot of people have watched it. I have not watched it yet, but I will Watch the first episode or two episodes, whatever's out by this week, in a couple days, and I'll talk to you. I'll talk to you about that coming up next week. As far as Brett goes, Brett is 
still not with us. Still taking care of his father. Update on his father as he's doing, still doing, you know, well as well as can be. Um, you know, it's like I said, that's a serious thing. He had quadruple bypass, so you know he misses in the summer. It's his summer break. Brett's taking a summer break, but he will be back. I had somebody asked me the other day, they're like, oh, "Brett's not doing the show anymore." And uh, no, Brett's doing the show. Brett's gonna still be on the show. Brett's still the, the co-host of the show. He's just taking a break to take care of his father because that's what he's got to do. So now let's, I want to get to the interview now real quick. We had, if you don't know, last week the test stakes, a grade one Philly race in Saratoga. Maple Leaf Mel was the overwhelming favorite. She had won five, uh, her first five races. There was never a horse ahead of her in any of those races. At, at any point during those races, they were all five out of five wire to wire wins. This was her first grade one win. Now, I'm not going to show the whole video, but I'll show it here how we'll stop it right around when she when she breaks down because it's 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 terrible. I really can't even watch it myself. But you, you'll see she's got a three two or three length lead. She gets close to the line and her right leg just shatters. And when you're a horse to heal, they, they need to be able to stand up. They need to put weight on it. They ha- I, I don't know the, the specifics as to why they can't build something like a splint or something like that. Something with their organs. They had to put it down. It happens in horse racing. I know a lot of people were up in arms about it. It's a, listen, it's a terrible, terrible thing. Especially when it's like this and it happens in front of America on national television on the day of the Whitney the big one of the biggest days, the second biggest day in the Saratoga meet. So it, it's a big deal, and and the way it happened, and who it happened to, and and with the Bill Parcells, is is the owner of the horse. He owns horses now, and listen, these guys love their horses. Okay, they don't treat them like garbage, like some people think they do. They don't. They treat them like kings. And this happens. It's a calculated risk that that they take. She was a great horse. She could have been even better. She was. 10 feet, 15 feet from being a superstar. And like I said, I am not well-versed on horse racing. I know the basics, but I don't know, you know, I can't really intelligently speak about it, you know, like I can the other sports. So that's why I did want to bring in uh, a buddy of mine. I went to college with him in Plattsburgh State. He ended up going to Saratoga and becoming a handicapper. And he's a handicapper for the pink sheet, which is the, the if you're a horse racing fan, you know the pink sheet at Saratoga is the famous uh, handicappers. He does a great job. He was with us last year giving you derby picks. Tonight, I asked him to come on to talk about the um, about Maple Leaf Mel. And we also get into this weekend if you you, know, you want to have any action on some of the, the races this weekend. They, like I said, you can watch them on Fox. It, it, they, Fox puts together a good program. I watched a little bit of it a couple weeks ago. Here's our interview with Sam Hollenworth, one of the pink sheet handicappers at Saratoga Racetrack. All right, we are now joined by a special guest here, Sam Hollenworth. He's one of the pink sheet handicappers at Saratoga. And if you watched last week, they had uh, it was a devastating Maple Leaf Mel, a three-year-old filly. She broke down right before the the wire. She was on her way to her sixth win in a row. Tell us a little bit about the horse. Tell us a little bit about the race. It was a grade one, the test stakes, correct? Yeah, I think it goes without saying. It's obviously a devastating to happen, not just in the sport. Everyone was there involved watching, but to a great horse, she never lost, you know, other than 
obviously that on last Saturday, and uh, she was on her way to win. I actually had her picked on top of the she and uh, sounds, you know, uh, almost uh, almost a waste of my breath even mentioning, you know, uh, winning the race, but my life was taken. But I had her picked on top, and I actually changed my pick before I sent them in. I put her on second, and I'm not going to say anything about, you know, how that how the parts fell, but it's it's unfortunate. She was home free. I mean, there was no horse even near her. I was fortunate enough to. Uh, actually leave the track for a wedding that day so i wasn't have to, i didn't have to you know face with thousands of people i had to uh, witness in person but obviously she's uh, a great horse you know she lost the one race and it was obviously a, a very very unfortunate uh string of events that you know sometimes these things do happen i mean she had a catastrophic leg injury other than that she was sound but oh, it's very hard for a horse to live with with a broken yeah it, it's a terrible thing i mean to have something like that happen it would to actually see it when you got it was on the whitney day it was on uh a big crowd yeah it's a it's a perfect kind of kind of perfect scenario there's bill parcells horse the story with the trainer and everything if we'll, we'll get into that in a second the trainer was but first actually let's first get into the uh how does something like this happen does she just take a bad step is it, is it, it what something, like something like that happen? I mean, I don't know enough about the, you know, the animal science about these things. I do know that growing up in Saratoga, I think the part of the track as long as they have, like these things certainly happen. I've obviously witnessed uh, my fair share of them in the mornings and even during race day. And it's it's obviously, it's, it goes without saying, it's the hardest part of the game. It's very, very hard to get through. I know I know people who didn't go back, haven't gone back to the track since last Saturday because how, how disturbed they were. And there's people that... Um, you know, they, we grieve over these animals like we do a part of our family. Um, and for the trainer and the owner and the connections, I mean, I'm sure that Bakery's Mel was like a part of our family. Certainly was the anchor of that small stable. Um, obviously, Coach Parcells, you know, lives in Saratoga now. He's been in for a while. He's a big part of the whole person being around here. Um, he doesn't have a vocal of success, but he certainly has his fair share of winners. But uh, safe to say that was one of, if not the best horses he's had. And it's unfortunate. Yeah, now she she was a um, she was a five for five. She's never had a horse in front of her. She was feet from from the wire. When something like that happens, a lot of people look at, at the horse racing now and they'll say, "Oh, it's barbaric." There's, I, I'm not one of those people. I don't think it is. I know these horses are loved by their owners, by their trainers. That they're given the best of the best. Especially uh, Parcells. I, I heard an interview with him, and he had stated that he equates a winning a grade one race like the test stakes to a playoff win and anybody that knows anything about nfl coaches they know how big and how how close to their heart nfl coaches hold playoff wins would explain to us why it's not a barbaric sport and why this is uh, just a kind of calculated risk in something that happens yeah i mean you know i've never really liked to have to like kind of uh, you know offer some validity behind the sport if people that don't like it or it's not for them i'm never going to disagree with that i do know that you know there's not many sports out there that um you know a, a competitor may lose its life so it's obviously a very hard thing and i would never say to somebody like you got to give it a chance or, or 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 you're being or you're wrong i think everyone's entitled to their own opinion but uh, you know like you said i know be i know i know many many uh, racehorses past present contenders um they're great souls they're just like a dog or a cat or any other animal you're, that you're close with they have personalities um, some of them are, are sweet and kind. Some of them are what we call sharks, and they'll take a bite out of your arm or your neck and just kind of get away from me. But they have personalities, and they're great. They're great. Um, 
just great beings and they're so beautiful and, and you, to be able to connect with them, you know, um, everybody back there is a, is an animal lover. And when these things happen, it, it, it breaks everyone's heart, especially the people that are owning them or training them with them every day. You know, I've been lucky enough to, to cross paths with a couple, you know, really great racehorses once or twice. And I always feel a connection to them. Um, so it's, it's tough. I, you know, I obviously I don't think it's a barbaric sport. I know that these animals cost oftentimes thousands, if not millions of dollars. They make, um, you know, a lifetime worth of memories for the people who, whether they own them, bet them, or just go and watch them. I mean, there's things that my own six-year-old son will, will bring up about horses that he's seen in his young life that I can tell he's well on his way to be like, like someone like myself or anybody who grows up around the track. Um, it's, it certainly is a, a special cup of tea. Maybe it is not for everybody, but I certainly think that there is far more good um, than the, than the, the bad things that do happen. Um, but I think it's important for, for people to realize that, um, People like different things. You know, these horses get treated great. I'm not going to try to justify some of the, the really sad, bad things that happen because obviously none of these things are intentional or on purpose. Um, There's bad things that happen in every sport, though. Or, and it's a high-risk game. You know, they're, they're moving at, a, at, you know, 30, 40 miles an hour. They got a, um, a, a person on their back while they're doing it. Those, you know, those the jockeys themselves are risking their lives every day. I mean, there's a, often a, 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 a little a line that people often refer to, and it's there's no other profession in the world where an ambulance follows you around when you work all day long, and jockeys have that every day. And um, you know, I can you know I can never even think of how many times I've seen a jockey get put in an ambulance or carted off or carried off or 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 hopped off helping a horse. You know, it's at the at the end of the day. I mean, um, it's really because the horses touch our hearts, and and we love that. Obviously, it's fun to be able to make money and be able to look nice and, and spend time with your family and make memories. But at the end of the day, without these animals, um, a, a, a huge part of many people's lives would be missing. Um, who was the jockey and is he okay? Uh, Joel Rosario was the jockey. He is actually back riding now. He's good. He was obviously taken to the hospital and looked over and made sure he was all good. Um, obviously, it looked pretty bad for him as well. Um, and luckily, he is okay. I think he was off his mounts for a couple of days, but he's back riding now. Um, you know, he's a world-class jockey too, correct? Jockey. He's been on board some of the greatest horses. He wins many races at Saratoga every year for the last, you know, decade plus. Um, he, he's, he's definitely, he, he was the regular rider of, of Maple Leaf May, uh, Maple Leaf Mel. And if I had to guess, he'd probably be on, um, you know, the next Mel horse, which I would hate to, um, you know, overshadow, uh, Maple Leaf Mel, but she, uh, Maple Leaf Mel's stall was, was empty for a few days, and the trainer, Melanie Giddings, actually has another horse owned by Coach Parcells, properly named Mel's baby sister. And she, Mel put that, that new Mel horse in the same barn. So, um, you know, I would hope, I would think that Rosario would probably ride them and ride her, and I, I would hope he would. And I'm, I'm sure he would, that would mean a lot to him as well. Now, do, do you know the trainer, Melanie Giddings? I don't know her personally. I've certainly seen her around. Um, I'm sure that. You know, all of the media and the attention that she's gotten, obviously not attention in the way she wanted it, probably not the best time to approach her or try to, you know, but she's very, she's a very, um, she's a very good trainer. She's, she's obviously been on her own for, for not, not incredibly long, um, hasn't had a bunch of success, but she certainly will. And she's done a great job since she's been out there. Yeah, that, that was her, that would have been her first grade one win. For people who don't know, her name's Melanie Giddings. She's 39 years old. She's a rookie trainer. The horse was named after her. She came down a couple years ago with stage four ovarian and uh, endocervical uh, cancer. 
She's now in remission. She had a very special bond with this horse, and that just makes it even worse. Yeah, I mean, she was an assistant for a well-known trainer, um, Gemma Engelhart, and that's he originally had the horse, and then when Melanie went out on her own, I believe she kept the horse. Parcells decided to keep the horse with her, um, and in all, um, um, amicable. You know, Engelhart was for it. Obviously, Melanie's for it. Bill was for it. So it's good to see that she was able to get a great horse that she was so close with already. Obviously, very unfortunate um, chain of events here. But, you know, there's always these silver linings in these things. And, uh, you know, I think Mel's baby sister is is a nice, you know, positive story that hopefully that horse will do incredible things. But I think bringing the racing community together, educating people who maybe don't know about these about some of the, um, the, the things that could unfortunately happen and also the bright side of things. And um, obviously, we're happy to see that Joel was already was good as well. Yeah, absolutely. And now uh, for people who don't know, I was reading a thing yesterday. Uh, pretty mischievous was the horse that won the race. Ultimately, they 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 feel terrible about it. The owner and the trainer they brought the um, carnations from the winning from the winning circle. They didn't do the winning circle ceremony in in you know honor of Maple Leaf Mel, who really won the race. And the the carnations are hanging outside Maple Leaf Mel's stable. And is that something that it's been like a can the can the guests get back there? Can they see anything like that? Most for the most part, unless you're an owner or in the media or something, it's tough to get back there unless you you know someone brings you back there. But um, that's something that's 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 bigger than than the whole situation, right? Like uh, Brendan Walsh, obviously a classy trainer, he's had a lot of success and he understands um, what this pain feels like as much as any trainer. Um, obviously, like you said, they they opted to skip over the Wonder Circle presentation, which was in good taste, you know. And many other sports, they may have even opted to, you know, they didn't turn the money down though. And, and, they, and they probably thought of uh, – and some sports, they may have even considered a cancellation or something like that where, you know, like you said, the Whitney Day has become such a big day. Um, Testa's on the undercard. It's basically become a Travers, a Travers slash Whitney meet. Travers is obviously the big race at the end of, the, at the end of August. But Whitney has really made a big impact on, um, on the – just the overall appearance characteristic of the track. And obviously, it's a great day for attendance and handle. So – to have something of that magnitude happen on a day like that, it certainly is it's hard. It's a black eye for sure. It's not something that we could avoid. But um, to have a, a classy trainer like Walsh to skip the, the, the trophy presentation in the winter circle and then bring her the the bed of flowers uh, the next the next morning to kind of let her have them, because as you said, she basically was going to be the winner in, in, until that happened. Um, all class, and, and, and it's one of those, those beautiful parts of the, of the game. Now, she clearly was a top racehorse, a top filly. She was six, five for five. She was feet from being six for six. She was never had a horse in front of her. How good could she have been? Is this, is this, is this a ruffian type of horse? Is it ruffian? Like, it's, I know it's got the same type of story, but is she, was she as good as ruffin? Ruffian? I wouldn't go that far, but also I wasn't, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't a fan of, of the game with ruffian. I do know that. Uh, her situation was a bit different. She it was on, I believe, at the, it was in the backside of Belmont, so it wasn't at the finish line where thousands of people were watching in, in horror. But um, you know, who knows how good this horse would have been? She was she's never lost, and she was only getting better. I mean, that, not only would that have been Mel Melanie Gooding's first grade one, but it was uh, that horse's first grade one. It was the biggest test that she ever ever had, and, and she passed it with flying colors. Was beating some great horses, including the. 
the eventual winner, uh, Brendan Walsh's horse. Those are, those are some great horses in that race. And the fact that she was able to do it, I'm sure she would have stayed in Great Estates Company for a long time until, you know, she wasn't able to perform that level. So I will never compare it to another horse. There's that's a that's a very unique, sad situation. But she'll have a special place, not just in my heart and in, at Saratoga. But everyone who is there or attached to the game anyway, you know, uh, there is a filly buried on the infield at Saratoga, Gopher Wand. And um, she also passed away, unfortunately, at a young age, and they buried her. She's the only horse buried in the infield. And, you know, you got to think that they might, um, you know, explore some kind of options like that. There's also um, the Four Star Dave is tomorrow, the, the handicap race. And the uh, Four Star Dave is an excellent uh, race horse. He's a male, but they called him the Sultan of Saratoga. He won at Saratoga. Like he's just such a beast. And he's actually buried in the backside. He has a nice little gravestone back there next to a couple other horses. So there are some horses who are, um, you know, further immortalized on the grounds around. And you would think that she'd be fitting of that as well. Now, you got you guys are on Fox this year. There's Fox Saratoga Saturdays. Is this one of the biggest times that this has happened? I, I don't remember. I don't know if it's ever happened in a Triple Crown race. where, And it was just a hard. If you haven't seen the video, I don't suggest watching it because it's really terrible to watch. But it it kind of, it, it was just right. It was in front of America. You had a huge crowd. It was Whitney Day. It was on national television. Is this kind of the the biggest one that you can remember? Unfortunately, no. You know, uh, there was... Uh there was, oh, I want to think of, I think it was the Kentucky Derby, 2008, Eight Bells. You may be not familiar with Eight Bells, but she was. was it? I don't remember that. Really coming out of the gate and her just, and right out of the gate, it was catastrophic. And that was right from the get-go. And, you know, you think the Whitney's big or the Test is big or even the Travers. I mean, the Kentucky Derby is the by far the most popular American race in, in history. And it happened right there. And, uh, you know, it, there's, there's races named after Eight Bells. There's. Um, she is, I mean, like I say, you know, usually Phillies don't run against the boys in the Derby. She did. She was the only one in that race, I believe. Um, it's tough, man, but you know, she broke down and, uh, and, uh, there's it, this things that these things do happen, but when they happen on such a scale or such a magnitude, they're very, very hard to digest. Not that the ones that, yeah, but when it happens in front of America on national TV on the biggest, one of the biggest days of the meet. I was there last year during the Whitney Day, and it was packed. It was a big crowds. I was lucky. So, I got to, so you know, I, go to a, I got I had a, my my good friend's wedding out of town, you know, down in like Delmar or whatever. So I was able to actually leave early and missed it in person, which I'm, you know, I'm, I'm obviously, I, I I'm I got lucky in that regard and have to witness it. But I, you know, it doesn't make me feel any better that thousands of other people had to witness it. So, um, it's just a tough thing to swallow. I think that we're getting a little bit better, you know. Uh, you know, we're, we're almost a week later and, and I think things are starting to, 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 to shape up a little bit better. You know, hopefully uh, the weather stays good this weekend and we can try to get some good, safe, healthy racing. So now this weekend and going forward as far as going to the Travers and everything, uh, what do you guys got going on down there? Sir? Up there at Saratoga. Sports Guard Dave uh, is on Saturday. We also have our annual Saratoga Stumble party um going on and uh usually it, it actually usually is whitney week but with the it's a drunken mess i was there last year <laughs> push it off uh, a week later so again pretty happy that we uh were able to kind of avoid the situation even though it's still a reality um then we have alabama which is kind of like you know the three-year-old contest for the for the girls for the phillies and then the following week is travers week um you know they kind of it's it's tag it's coined the midsummer derby a lot of old timers 
and even new timers will will kind of call it the uh, the fourth leg of the triple crown. You know, if you have a horse that's able to stay sound and healthy and and win, you know, even one of the legs of the triple crown. If you could win all three of them and then win the Travers, very very hard. Even American Pharaoh triple crown winner tried doing it and fell short and got second um, trying the Travers because you know. First Saturday in May is is a long time ago when you think about it in horse racing, um, you know, time. It's a lot, a lot of uh, travel, a lot of grueling competition. And obviously, you know, it's late in the year. It's hot. It's humid. It's not easy for horses to do. You think the Belmont's tough. Try coming to win the, the Travers after you, after you do that. Yeah, I mean, so now tomorrow is Saturday. You have the Fox Saturday in Saratoga. So people will be watching. Give us a pick or two for tomorrow. Oh, uh, tomorrow, you know, it's funny because... Um, there's a horse that I like. My girlfriend's name is Anna, and uh, we, we and she actually lived in Annapolis for a while. And there's a horse in Annapolis trained by Todd Fletcher. Uh, he came up and ran. He ran uh, a couple weeks ago, and he didn't win. He, he, I think he got second. He did good. He's got I ride aboard this time, and he's running in the four star Dave. So um, we're gonna stick to our guns and go with the horse. Unfortunately, not a boatload of value. A morning line eight to five, but we do like uh, that horse in there with a with a pretty salty field of comp- competitors. Uh, I do have a long shot in race six tomorrow. Number three, be best is 12 to one in the morning line. That should certainly hold some value, you know, inexperienced uh, horses. So, you know, I'm, it, it's, it's not the most informed decision, but that's how you tend to make your money. You gotta, you gotta go places where other people aren't putting their money and try to take some of theirs. And I'll give you one last one that I like another one, uh, five to one, uh, race 10 gut feeling Lewis Sia as a board. Um, so those those last two should have a little bit of value. What, what's the, what, what number is he? He's number one, gut feeling in the 10th race. I believe Louie is on um, gut feeling and be best in race six. So um, those are two that I like that should have some value. And you can't go wrong with the Pletcher horses. Uh, he has one other one, race five, number one, eliminate. Um, he's nine to five. So I gave you two Pletcher horses that are, you know, nine to five, eight to five. But then I gave you a couple uh, value plays that hopefully can bring some money in. All right. Well, it sucks that we're here under such crappy situations with Maple Leaf Mel, but she was a great horse. It happens. She loved to run. She loved to race. She never had a horse in front of her. She never lost a race. As far as I'm concerned, she never lost a race. And he gave you a couple winners. He's on the. Where can people find your picks if they want to get your picks? Saratogaan.com. I'm up in the pink sheet. I think you go to sports section. You can just Google the pink sheet Saratoga. We'll show up, you know, if you're up at the up at the track, you can buy the pink sheet right outside of the track from what they call the pink sheet hawkers. They're selling them all over the place. Um, if you, you see it, tell him you know me, and he'll give you one for free. That's it. That's it. I'm not the one selling them, but the kid will tell you. The kid will give them to you for free. Um, you know, we've been doing really well this year. Um, I've been, I've, I've got a, I've, I've been doing well. I usually, I usually struggle the whole season. Um, doing all right this meet, so. If I could keep going and moving out front and maybe take one, that'd be nice. Uh, but the whole paper's doing well. All four handicappers are doing exceptionally well, and uh, looking forward to keeping it up. All right. So his name is Sam Hollinsworth. Did I get it right this time? Because last time I screwed it up. All right. <laughs> Pink sheet handicapper, Saratoga Stumble host. Thank you for giving us a couple minutes here, Sam. Thanks for having me anytime, and I'm looking forward to a good, safe day. Hey, how about that? Thank you to Sam Hollinsworth. Thank you, Pi. That's what we call them in college, Pi. Um, thanks for coming on. That was a great, great interview. A, a lot of information there. A lot of information. Besides the couple winners that he gave you, and, and I'm definitely betting the long shot. But as far as the Maple Leaf Mel thing goes, I mean, you could see even he won't watch the video. He watched the video once. He won't watch it again. 
it, it's a devastating thing. And like I said, you're going to go. I know that if you haven't watched it, you're going to go watch it because out of curiosity, because that's what people do. You know, you got to, you know, rubberneck you, you to see the car accident and everything. But I, I caution you before you watch it because it's 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 pretty tragic. But, the you know, like Rosario is a, a, a jock that I know that I have heard of. So he's a big time jock. He got, thank God he was okay. And like I said, it's something that happens. It's 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 a terrible thing, but it does come with the sport, and it doesn't happen very often. It's not something that happens all the time, but if you're around horse racing enough, it will happen, and you will see it. Like I said, this one was a little bit worse because it was in front of America on national TV, and it was such a big race, a grade one race. But I do think what the the horse that ended up getting the winning, uh, actually winning the race. You know, by default almost, because Maple Leaf Mel won that race. Let's be real. It was two, two, three lanes ahead with 20 feet to go. So she was, she was the winner of the race. But officially, she was not the winner. So I thought it was classy that the, that the winning horse, they, they, for, they, they passed on the, on the winning, winner's circle. And that means a lot. I mean, this is a grade one race. Now, when you say grade one race, you mean like, you're talking like Kentucky Derby and Belmont Stakes are grade ones. The Travers are grade one. The um, the Breeders' Cup races are game one, are, are, are grade one races. Like these are the as big as it gets. Big time prize money, big time horses, big competition. It means everything to these owners. And when their horse wins, for him to to forego the the winner's circle ceremony and then to go and find the the flowers that were that were meant for his horse and bring them to the stable of Maple Leaf Mel and have them hang there. Well, I mean, that's a classy move, I believe. And, and you got to feel for the trainer too. I read something about it. She can't, she hasn't even spoke to the media yet because she can't, she can't, she, she, they asked her to talk, they asked her, they asked her if she wanted to talk about it. And she was breaking up just when she was telling them, no, I'm not ready to talk about it yet. She was breaking up and she couldn't do it. So, you know, it's it's a sad thing. It's terrible. I mean, I, I can't watch. I can't even watch it anymore. I, I've watched it a number of times. I have watched the video a number of times, and it's 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 a terrible thing. So that's gonna pretty much do it for us here today. Like I said, Brett, we're hoping Brett gets back next week because I don't know how long I could do these single shows and talk to myself for an hour. I did promise you a guest last week, and look, I delivered. I got you, Sam Hollinsworth. Uh, the big story of the week. I got him for you. Uh, just a note, the, um, there is a local softball team in the softball world, Little League World Series from Massapequa. So all the best to the Massapequa women, the young girls playing in the Little League Softball World Series, the local team. There's always a local team for some reason around here. Um, I don't think there's any in the Little League World Series. I got on one of the Mid-Atlantic region championship or something going on. So that's coming up at that time of year. I'd much rather watch that than any preseason football. I love the Little League World Series. It, it's it's good stuff. But as far as the big leagues go, listen, the Yankees better get their act together. The Yankees need to take two out of three this weekend in Miami. Not going to be easy. You got Cole going Sunday to be determined tonight and Cortez tomorrow afternoon. The Marlins are a good team. There you go. The Giants tonight against Detroit. The Jets and Aaron Rodgers with his first live action snaps in a real game against another team tomorrow night. So if you're inclined to 
you know, be bored for a couple hours. You want to throw on the preseason football game, go right ahead. So that does it for us. Uh, I will be back with you on Tuesday or Wednesday. I believe Tuesday, but it could be Wednesday. With uh, Again, with Mark Mancini. We released that episode yesterday. We're going to try and get it out earlier in the week. It's a weekend wrap-up. That's what it's called. So, I mean, you know, we try to get it out as early as we can. So that pretty much does it. Like I said, a lot of good baseball tonight. Angels, Astros, Texas, uh, Rangers, Giants, Padres, D-backs, Cubs, Blue Jays, Yankees, Marlins. All big series, all getting underway tonight. Three-game sets, all of them. Mets and Braves, if you really got nothing to do. From City Field. <laughs> and that does it for me. So thanks for tuning in, everybody. We want a special thanks to Sam Hollinsworth. Check him out. Don't forget those picks. Lay those bets. Lay those bets because he hit on the Derby last year for us. So lay those bets. Make some money. Sam, thank you again for coming and talking about it. I know it was a tough thing to talk about. It's a tough thing for all of us to listen to, and it's a tough thing for us to watch. So, you know, in honor of Maple Leaf Mel. We will talk to you later this week. That does it for us, everybody. Talk to you later. Up. Oh, that does it for us, everybody. Talk to you later. I'm Bob Walters. See ya.